0: Girl Scouts all across the country have an opportunity to learn about weather and climate.
1: For one day, track the weather and record the highest and lowest temperatures on Earth. Compare what you track to the forecast from the day before.
0: But how they're learning that information is a little confusing.
1: Wait, I thought we were tracking for one day.
0: Actually, it's really confusing.
1: <laughs> I'm reading it verbatim.
0: While STEM education and outreach is important,
1: I do think that the Girl Scouts program was a lot better than what it is now.
0: And that has lasting consequences for future generations of girls who want to join the STEM fields.
1: To me, this program is failing the girls if somebody wants to become a meteorologist or an atmospheric scientist or even emergency manager.
0: For more insight on this topic, we'll be joined by
1: meteorologist Christina Edwards at WHNT News 19 in Huntsville, Alabama.
0: And here's a fun fact.
1: People tell me I look like Amy Poehler all the time.
0: (laughs) We promise it's relevant to the story. We we'll have a lot of information coming up for you and there's gonna be different parts of the story that you're gonna to wanna to follow.
1: Let me put it this way, this this is this is an onion. And and onions have layers. You peel back one layer, there's an, there's another layer, you peel back that layer, and finally you get to the core of the onion.
0: Well, how about a maybe more relevant and tasty analogy?
2: From thin mints to thunderstorms. And
0: dosidos to derecho's. We're talking all about Girl Scouts and Boy Scouts on this
2: episode of Weather Hype. A podcast where we talk about weather, climate, and how it affects you. I'm Castle. And I'm Min. And our interview with Christina Edwards is coming up next.
1: Now I'm the reason why you broke up with him and got back together Thought I was sunshine, but baby, I'm bad weather I'm off the Doppler in the five-day forecast By the time they hear me, I've already pushed the shore back No, no, I wasn't always like this Skies cleared soon, as my daylight lit Sidewalks dried up, no snow emergency I could take you February and turn it into spring
2: I was born out of storm When I get gone, I get gone And I don't need any more. Christina, thanks
0: for being on our show today.
2: We're really excited to have you on.
1: Thanks for having me.
2: The kind of idea for this podcast was kind of really spawned out of a conversation that we had at AMS in Austin, Texas. And so we kind of wanted to take a few steps back and think, like, where did we first meet? Because we've been friends and colleagues for a while. Um, We were trying to think back that. Was it actually AMS Phoenix in 2015, I think is where we met you, at the Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts event?
1: It was 2014 Atlanta.
2: Ah, yes. That's true.
1: I believe it was Atlanta, and um, I know you gentlemen were still undergrads at UGA in Athens, Georgia. Um, mm -hmm. I had already graduated, but I was active with the Metro Atlanta chapter of the AMS.
0: Wow. That's right. See... You have great memory. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Barely <laughs> we forgot everything. No, that's everything seems to have started in Atlanta somehow, some way. I guess, yeah, we really did connect at AMS in Atlanta. And, mm-hmm. you know, we really enjoyed doing that scouting event. Can you tell us a little bit more about the Weatherfest scouting event that happens every year at AMS uh, meetings?
1: Yeah, so 2014 was the inaugural year. So it was the first year in which we hosted this event. And uh, we invited 100 boys and 100 girls, so a total of 200 scouts, to come and work with all the different professional meteorologists, atmospheric scientists, and even emergency managers who come to the AMS every year as part of the conference. So, those professionals serve as the instructors at uh, different stations. We have them set up as tables, but really they're stations where the scouts learn different topics. And every 20 to 25 minutes, the scouts rotate from topic to topic to topic. And of course, the uh, materials that they're learning include everything from what is the difference between, me- uh, excuse me, what is meteorology. But the difference between weather and climate, how meteorologists study weather, what are we looking for? Uh, We have the scouts draw out what a cold front is, what a warm front is, all the different clouds. But also, what are the most... dangerous weather conditions for where they live and that's important because what we've learned as organizers is that what is a dangerous weather condition for atlanta was different than for say phoenix which is different than seattle different than new orleans and different than uh, austin which is where we had it recently so it's the five most uh, dangerous weather conditions for where the scouts live and what are the safety tips for um, of course staying safe during those weather conditions but they learn it not just from a professional meteorologist um, and we require those Scouts to talk to weather forecast officers but also we have broadcast meteorologists at those particular uh, stations so, these scouts are talking with professional meteorologists of both the broadcasting world as well as the National Weather Service world. And then we have two tables dedicated just to emergency management. So they are, are working, the scouts are working one-on-one with those emergency managers to learn how EMs help to prepare, mitigate, and essentially Help communities recover after natural disasters like uh, the ones that are cre- created from weather events. So,
2: yeah, I remember it was so much fun just for us, like helping out and being volunteers. Um, So I can imagine like how much fun the, the kids would have had.
1: It's a lot of work for instructors trying to figure out how do we reach these kids? How do we make this material? Which we group the requirements for the Boy Scouts of America weather merit badge into certain topics that are similar. So that at each table, they're going ahead and they're meeting those requirements for, say, Topic two, topic four, and topic seven can all get done at table one. And then they're going to do topic five just at table two. And then they're going to do uh, requirements nine, four, and 11 at table three. So it it does, it does put the onus on the instructors to figure out. And when I say instructor, I mean professional meteorologists, atmospheric scientists, and emergency managers Mm -hmm. to figure out how to teach all that material to a sleepy, groggy scout at eight eight Mm -hmm. o'clock on a Sunday morning, but somehow keep it fun. But we've been successful for the past five years, and uh, we hope to keep it going.
2: That's great. Um, Before we, you kind of hinted at the badges, which we want to come back to. Um, But before that, can you tell us how you kind of first got involved with kind of hosting this event and maybe some of your background with the scouts in general?
1: So this event, it started off as a brainstorm by the national AMS of trying to figure out how can we serve the local communities when we come to these different cities every year. And somebody had the idea of why don't we have a scout event? And somehow somebody tapped into me and they, they, at the time I was Living in Atlanta and serving with the Metro Atlanta chapter, but I was also serving as a Boy Scout weather merit badge counselor. So somebody got caught wind of that and said, Hey, you want to volunteer for this? I was like, Yeah, sure, why not? And we, when I say we, I I mean uh, my colleagues, uh, Jen Sprague, Doug Hildebrand, Michael Builder, we literally built this thing from scratch. But we were able to use the backbone of the weather merit badge from the Boy Scouts of America program. Now, you hear me say we use the backbone. Of the BSA weather merit badge this was 2014 and as of 2011 the Girl Scouts of America uh, I'm gonna essentially uh, use their their preferred acronym GSUSA Um, but the Girl Scouts of America overhauled their program so the traditional badges that a person like myself who grew up in the 80s 90s uh, even the early 2000s those traditional badges that we remember have gone away there is no Girl Scout weather merit badge at this time. So what we did was uh, we went back to the retro requirements for the junior weather watcher badge, which is one that I earned. I did that in fourth, fifth, and sixth grade. So I did my trownie, <laughs> trownie, I did my brownie <laughs> tryout, <laughs> My, I did my brownie try it weather badge if you will when I was in third fourth grade and then I did my weather watcher when I was aging up from fifth into sixth grade um, as a junior so I remembered those requirements we found them they were available online and we were able to try and blend them with the uh, Boy Scouts merit badge but we recognized that the Girl Scouts weren't the Girl Scouts essentially do not recognize retro badges it's something cool If you find it on eBay or you find it on the internet, it's something cool, but they don't recognize those badges anymore. Meanwhile, the Boy Scouts do recognize the weather merit badge, especially if a boy is working towards Eagle. And so we wanted to make sure that we try to stay true to the old school Girl Scout badges, but we needed to make sure that everything for Boy Scouts was legit since that was still a recognized badge.
0: So with that, uh, is that part of then the Girl Scouts and they have the build your own badge? Is that how we factored in to figure out what requirement or, or what they would get take away from the uh, event?
1: Yes. And at the time, uh, including the years of 2014, through, I wanna say, 2016, that was something that we could offer to the girls as a valid badge. Hey girls, take this worksheet. And that's the thing, I, I should step back. All the scouts received a workbook, if you will, essentially worksheets for each table, and they were required to fill it out as they learned new concepts and uh, did different activities. And so that became their record of activities so that when they went back to troop council or a troop leader who wasn't there that day, they could prove their work. They, they were able to, to show their work. And so for the Girl Scouts, we were able to tell them, listen, there's a make your own badge. So if you go back to your local council and say, listen, we want to create a weather merit badge, a Girl Scout weather merit badge. I'm going to create my own badge. Here's the record of my work, proof of what I've done, as well as here's my fiscal Weather Ready Nation patch, which is essentially the, um, the thank you patch that we give for coming to participate to our events. That patch is not recognized by the BSA or the GSUSA. It is, it's essentially a thank you gift for coming and participating with us. Mm-hmm. But we recognize that kids love patches. It doesn't matter who you are. Kids <laughs> love patches and even yeah. adults love patches too. Like people look, they, they, they size up the patch and they go, can I have one? And I'm like, no, I'm sorry. They're <laughs> just for scouts. Um, But they were able to go, the Girl Scouts until about 2016 were able to go back to their local councils and say, we would like to create a badge, but they were only allowed to create one badge per year. So that was it. And if a girl had a different topic that they wanted pursue, well, maybe weather went by the base, the the wayside. But as of, I want to say 2016. So going into 2017, we couldn't provide that anymore because the Girl Scouts of USA, took away the make your own or create your own badge um, option. Now, I should give uh, the GSUSA a little bit of credit in the sense that they are trying to create programs that are dedicated to STEM, science, technology, engineering, and mathematics, or also STEAM. I'm seeing a a couple of those uh, um, activities that are geared towards integrating art into STEM, making it STEAM. Mm -hmm. But with that said, as I drill down and I click through the Girl Scouts website to find where are the specific requirements for earning a STEAM badge, especially in the world of meteorology, atmospheric sciences. It is not clear cut. I'm speaking from an outsider in. I am not a Girl Scout leader myself. I don't lead a troop and I am not a Girl Scout in the program right now, um, obviously I've aged out. So if it's one of those things where, <laughs> I know, right? I'm perpetually 15 years old. No
0: <laughs> <laughs> no way. What? We're interviewing a what? vampire? I didn't know that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but my birth my birth certificate says that I cannot be a Girl Scout anymore. I could be a Girl Scout leader, troop leader, or a volunteer, but I cannot put on a sash anymore. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, but with that said, um, it looks like the... The National Council is trying to work with NASA. They're trying to work with NOAA, and they have they have a system set up, but you have to have a login. Um, you have to be working on something called a journey. A lot of parents who are involved with scouting, and even the girls themselves, are not a fan of the journey program. All right, so let's talk about journeys, and let's compare that with the Boy Scouts. And I know this is a long answer.
0: No, no, not <laughs> at all.
1: But this is why we're talking today. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yes. Cause I'm I'm confused and I, I think you'll clarify really soon. So like this this new journey program, it's not about getting a badge anymore. It's about going through a specified kind of track for, for the Girl Scouts. And so yeah, you'll go ahead and go into that. I'm very curious.
1: Let me put it this way. This this is this is an onion. And and onions have layers. You peel back one layer, <laughs> there's an there's another layer, you peel back that layer, and finally you get to the core of the onion. So a journey is a set of badges that a girl will work towards. So once she's earned a certain amount of badges in one particular journey, she has completed that journey. And so each layer of Girl Scouts has a separate journey. Now let me peel that back that layer of this onion. You can be a girl scout and be five years old. You can be a girl scout and you're 15 years old. You can be a girl scout all the way up to about 18 when you age out and everything in between. But you can be a daisy scout and that's your five-year-olds. Those are your kindergartners. So a daisy girl scout would be your kindergartners. A brownie would be your one to three, um, your grades one through three. So your first, second, or third graders. So your brownie girl scout. Your junior would be your fourth, fifth grade aging up into sixth grade. Your cadet would be 6th, 7th, and borderline 8th. And then your seniors would be 8th and ninth. Uh, your ambassadors would be ninth, all the way up to your senior year of high school. And of course, there's going to be some wiggle room in, in some of those because it's based off of your age and not necessarily what grade you're in. So you could be a Girl Scout, but you could be a Brownie Girl Scout, Junior Girl Scout, uh, Daisy Girl Scout, Cadet, Senior Ambassador. Each of them have their own journeys. Each of them have their own badges. So that's what's new about what happened with the program in 2011 onwards compared to what the Girl Scouts were like back in my day. I'm going to use that phrase, back in my day.
2: <laughs>
1: when I was a, when I was a uh, brownie, we had the list of triads. And each triad had designated requirements. And then when you, if you wanted to go for all of them, you went for all of them. It it didn't matter if you were in a journey or not. You're just like, okay, this year I want to go for my chemistry, try it. And I want to go for my weather, try it. And uh, I like horses. Let's go for the horses, try it. Um, same thing when you became a junior and I'm, basically describing my, my, um, experiences. All right. So the requirements are a little bit tougher because I'm now a little older. I can handle a little bit more responsibilities, but there's still a, there's a weather watchers badge. There's still a chemistry badge. There's still a, um, not so much a horses, but animals veterinarian badge again, because we're starting to step up and, and, and have a little bit more responsibilities. But with these journeys, what's frustrating about these journeys is that you could have all these different badges that That are encased within the journey, but if you don't want to do that one particular badge that doesn't interest you, well, then you didn't complete the journey, but you have to complete a journey in order to work towards your silver or gold awards, and those are the high honors awards in Girl Scouts, similar to the Eagle Award that we hear all about in Boy Scouts. So I've kind of dissected the Girl Scout method pre-2011 and post-2011, Boy Scouts for the longest time. Um, if you were under the age of 10, you were in Cub Scouts and Cub Scouts can be divided out between Weeblos, Tigers, Cub, depending on, you know, if you're five years old, uh, six to seven, uh, nine to 10. And then once you hit 10 years old, you then become a Boy Scout. So from age 10 to age 18, every Boy Scout has the same requirement. Let me step back to the Cub Scouts. Cub Scouts have their own requirements too, but they're called belt loops and pins and you can uh and there's a weather belt loop and there's a weather pin so you can earn the requirements or or um you can work towards the requirements for the belt loop work towards the requirements for the pin and from what i understand that's for every cub scout doesn't matter if you're a below uh tiger cub so on so forth once you hit 10 now you're a boy scout or once you hit 10 and you've become a boy scout because you know you got to go through the pomp and circumstance of transitioning from one to the other but once you've aged into the Boy Scout realm, you then work towards the weather merit badge. And whether you're 10 years old or you're 18 years old, it's the same requirements. It doesn't matter what your age is. It's just those are, those are what it is. From number one to number 11, you must do these requirements and then you've earned the weather merit badge. So as you work towards Eagle and you're trying to earn as many badges that are required for earning that, that badge, you could work on the weather merit badge as early as 10 years old or as late as 18 years old, whatever fits your, whatever fits um, ironically your journey, <laughs> but what, whatever works for you, you can go and work on it. Whereas for the girl scouts, Every, every level has a different journey, and not all these journeys encompass meteorology whatsoever. They don't necessarily encompass weather, but the one badge that talks about weather in any form is called the Senior Sky Naturalist Badge, and because it's the Senior Sky, sky is the key word there, they're mixing astronomy, aviation, meteorology, and even a little bit of art in there too. Which is fine. It's fine to be interdisciplinary, but it's not fine to have absolutely no gradual steps leading a girl up to that interdis- interdisciplinarianism as opposed to the Boy Scouts where it's, it's regimented in the sense that you got to do one. You got to do number one in order to understand number two got to do number two in order to understand number three and so on and so forth. It's all contained. And so you're able to build off of that one requirement to move on to the next requirement to move on to the next requirement. And you're able to build off of that one badge that you earn to perhaps go and earn a different badge along the line. So I could see the meteorology badge really helping a boy earn anything in say aviation or astronomy related um, skill sets for those badges. But for the girls, it is literally all over the place. So step one of the sky badge is you choose one of four. Of four here. So step one is choose one of four. Here's one, and this is the meteorology one that I've I've highlighted. Take five photographs of the sky in different colors and describe the science behind the colors you see. For instance, why is the sky blue? What makes up a rainbow? Why does the sun appear yellow from Earth and white from space? What makes the sunset red?
2: Hmm, okay.
1: If I were a girl who was in ninth grade, 10th grade, 8th to 10th grade, as much as that would be fun, it still wouldn't give me that baseline that I need for understanding what is meteorology to begin with and what's the difference between weather, meteorology, climate, and all that jazz. It's You sent me off on this wild goose chase to figure out why is the sky blue, what makes up a rainbow, why is the sun appear yellow from Earth and white from space. It's a little too disjointed. It's a little too... Mm -hmm. In the, in the effort of trying to be interdisciplinary, they're too wide when they need to be more focused, more narrow. Because again, remember, these are, these are 14 to 16 year old girls who are trying to juggle their normal day to day school and sports activities and responsibilities, but also trying to figure out, wait, what is this badge trying to teach me? Especially if I want to be a meteorologist one day.
0: And if that were to be uh, for the Boy Scouts, you're saying that it would be more of a gradual where they would learn the basic meteorology with perhaps like the Cub Scouts. And then when they move on, then they have a gradual, you know, step up in learning about the processes about meteorology, as opposed to the Girl Scouts, where you kind of just throw everything at you in an interdisciplinary fashion and expect you to, to figure it out.
1: Exactly. So uh, let, let me contrast here. Oh, and by the way, I also want to point out that it took a parent being fed up not being able to find any of these Girl Scout badges online that she finally purchased materials from the Girl Scouts of America, typed everything up into a Microsoft document for other people to download because – not, there's nothing more frustrating than having to go and buy your materials to figure out what it is that a girl is even supposed to be working on. Yeah. Meanwhile, the the Boy Scouts have every single one of their merit badges available online. Now, do they have the pamphlets, which is essentially the textbook? No. you got to purchase your textbook, but that's okay because that requires a boy to either go find the resources online or, of course, mom, dad, go and spend the 7 to ten, seven to $10 to have this pam- pamphlet, but the requirements are listed online and it's very easy. And number one, the requirement is define meteorology, explain what weather is and what climate is, Dis- discuss how the weather affects farmers, sailors, aviators, and the outdoor construction industry. Tell why weather forecasts are important to each of those groups. To me, it makes a lot more sense to start with, we're talking about weather, let's define what it is so that you have a starting block.
0: Yeah, because a lot of times, even, you know, talking about STEM education and information about meteorology and weather, I actually was cleaning out my closet the other week and was looking through some of my old middle school, like, notebooks. I don't know if people do that, but I do. I'm weird. And uh, <laughs> I found information about you know, one of my earth science classes where we learn about, you know, is the earth flat or round and, you know, a little bit about um, other features. And there was like a little subcomponent, I guess, in our curriculum where we talked about weather. And, you know, that's it. There's not much weather education already within our own, you know, middle schools and in the curriculum for most states. So, to have that thrown onto you, from a Girl Scout perspective, maybe people don't even really understand the basic knowledge that perhaps a Boy Scouts program would give you in going through that program as opposed to the Girl Scouts of America and, and their, you know, why is the sky blue? That's a really complicated and complex question. If you don't really understand the basic part of it, it's going to really confuse you.
1: Exactly. And you almost hinted on something that I think is the fundamental difference between the two programs, even when you take away the journeys, when you take away the differences in the badges. But the Boy Scouts lean heavily on what are called merit badge counselors. And that's a person who is a professional who is able to prove to the Boy Scout council, the local council, that they are an an expert in a particular field in which there's a merit badge. So when a Boy Scout works on a merit badge, and in this case, he can uh, work on the Boy Scout Weather Merit Badge, there are certain requirements in there that that they require the boy to go talk to a counselor. One of them, for instance, the Weather Merit Badge uh, requires... Um, Visit a National Weather Service office or talk with with a local radio or television weathercaster, private meteorologist, local agricultural extension service officer, or university meteorology instructor. Find out what type of weather is most dangerous or damaging to your community. Determine how severe weather and flood warnings reach the homes in your community. So it requires you to talk to a professional, and it has a defined requirement when you go and interview that person, which is very important. With Mm -hmm. the girls, they have something kind of similar – but it's very wishy-washy. Okay. So for instance, for one day, track the weather and record the highest and lowest temperatures on Earth for oh. one day.
0: Oh wait, on okay.
1: So, so okay, so one day. <laughs> for okay. But for we're gonna one go day. global.
2: <laughs> one day. One day,
1: but we're gonna do it globally. Okay, as opposed to one week where I live. Or one week and we're going to track it where I live and a place in Alaska, a place in Antarctica, and a place on the equator. Okay, so let's go back to the Girl Scout badge. For one day, track the weather and record the highest and lowest temperatures on Earth. Note extreme conditions, hurricanes, and twisters. Compare what you track to the forecast from the day before. Wait, I thought we were tracking for one day.
0: Yeah. <laughs> That's what tried- the description says.
1: Yeah, that's what it says. It literally says that. And then it also (laughs) follows up with, (laughs) I'm I'm reading it verbatim. It also follows up with, try to speak with a meteorologist about how weather is predicted and how often forecasts are accurate.
2: Huh? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Awesome forecasts? Who wrote this?
1: So if you don't do one of those things, you didn't meet that requirement.
0: That's Mm. Well, going back to what you said about, you know, the value in tracking the weather in your own backyard or your own community And, you know, seeing and feeling everything, that's so much more valuable than, honestly, the only way you would be able to know the hottest and coldest temperature on Earth is to Google it and take you to some website. How is that really going to help you really understand the essence of of weather and meteorology at all?
1: Bingo. And that is my biggest, biggest concern with not only this badge, but also with the fact that this is the one and only badge for girls to learn about weather and atmospheric sciences with. So if this is their one and and only opportunity, which, by the way, that opportunity is only going to occur in late middle school and early high school. And let me ask you this. When was the last time you met a Girl Scout who was in eighth grade or in high school?
0: Yeah, not as many. So they're never even going to see that.
1: To me, this program is failing the girls if somebody wants to become a meteorologist or an atmospheric scientist or even emergency manager uh, later on when they they become our age.
0: And honestly, you know, to be quite frank, a male-dominated field. Yes. Things like this aren't doing this cause any favors, you know?
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, let me compare and contrast. So I just uh, read that one requirement for you. Here's another requirement for boys. So this is for boys. Explain the difference between high and low pressure systems in the atmosphere. Tell which is related to good and to poor weather. Draw cross sections of a cold front and a warm front, showing the location and movements of the cold and warm air, the frontal slope, the location, and types of clouds associated with each type of front and the location of precipitation. That's one of the more involved requirements, but at the same time, it's logically laid out you're thinking about the different mm-hmm. air masses, how those air masses compare and contrast with each other, what happens when you're on, you're on a frontal boundary whether it's a cold air mass moving in so you're on a cold front or a warm air mass moving in so you're you're on a warm front, the different clouds associated with it and quite frankly this is very similar to what i did with my triads, my brownie triads and my uh, junior weather watcher. And once I did those requirements, I was able to look at the clouds and predict what was going to happen three days later, because I was able to identify the different cloud structures that were moving in. And I was like, here comes a warm front. Um, Whereas with the girls, there's nothing like that. The girls sky badge never references frontal boundaries or air masses.
0: Yeah, that's, it's very interesting to see mm. the contrast between those two badges and how they, they do things. And, you know, there's more of a push for the Boy Scouts of America changing to uh, family scouting now and also including more girls within the Boy Scouts. You know, that's some people have said it's kind of controversial. It's really interesting to see that dynamic and that change. But do you think that some of these um, folks, families and, and, and students and children who are involved in Girl Scouts are getting frustrated with the new system and they're, they're, you know, going over to the Boy Scouts and the Boy Scouts are inviting them in. Do you see that there's potentially um, a reason why this change has happened to the Boy Scouts?
1: So from what I was seeing in both the AMS s- Scout events in which um, – there were Girl Scouts who would participate and those parents and troop leaders would go, Oh my gosh, I had no idea it would be like this. I wish I wish we had more of our girls show up to this. We just thought it was going to be a lame event. And it turned out that they learned a lot of science today. Mm-hmm. So we've had that feedback from parents and troop leaders. Um I've done cursory research on the internet. All right, full disclosure was Reddit. But what I did was <laughs> I <laughs> I Reddit searched Girl Scout Journeys. And there are so many parents and troop leaders who are airing their frustrations on the Journey um, program because they're noticing that their girls are frustrated with it, that it's too wishy washy. It's too, there's, it's asking too much of the troop leader to organize the events. But if the troop leader doesn't have that background, then Of course, the troop leader can't deliver. And then the girls are frustrated because they don't, they don't know what resource to turn to, but yet they can't complete what the activity is. And again, they can't work towards their silver or gold award if they don't complete a journey. So. Other than the anecdotal evidence that I've seen both from the Reddit, but also from our own experiences doing the Scout event in the five different locations across the US, um, I really do think that the Girl Scouts, you know, the Girl Scouts are a great program and there are some pros to the Girl Scouts. And that's why I'm doing this out of the frustration of love. But um, I do think that the Girl Scouts are going to have to change this program if they want to be taken a little bit more seriously.
2: Hi, I'm Jared Smith with the Carolina Weather Group, and here's a message to get you weather-ready. The spring season is here, and we want to prepare you for spring weather threats, which includes flooding. Sometimes floods can develop slowly. However, flash floods can occur within minutes and sometimes without any sign of rain. Being prepared can save your life and give you peace of mind. Is your home, business, or school in a floodplain? Where is water likely to collect on the roadways you most often travel? What is the fastest way to get to higher ground? Knowing the answers to these questions ahead of time can save your life. For more information, please visit the NOAA Weather Ready Nation website at weather.gov WRN.
1: So with regards to the Boy Scouts starting this program called Family Scouting, I think that's a positive because a lot of families that have both little boys and little girls within, of course, their family nucleus, they're noticing that difference in the programming between what the Boy Scout is doing and what the Girl Scout is doing. And so why in the world are we segregating these two siblings into two different organizations? Quite frankly, that's asking a parent to schlep to one side of town for one scout, Meeting and schlep to the other side of town for the other scout meeting, or to do it on two separate days. And if it turns out that one scout may not be getting the same the same out of it, then what's mm-hmm. the point in breaking up the two? So, uh, with regards to the family scouting, I think this is a fabulous thing for the Boy Scouts of Amer- Boy Scouts of America to be providing. It's uh, not just girls, but to the family at ho- as a as a whole, because it allows everybody to be in the same place at the same time. It's a little less stressful on the parents. And of course, uh, Bobby and Susie are in the same room at the same time. With that said, I don't think it's a good thing to call a girl a Boy Scout, but I do think that if the BSA is smart, they would call it something um, just, they would call it something neutral like Family Scouts, uh, where you have your troop, Troop 1984. And it happens to have both boys and girls in it. And that is a family troop 1984. And they are family scouts. Or um, uh, BSA already has venture scouting. And venture scouting is, is available as a co-ed scouting event for um, all scouts 14 to 18 years of age. So when a venture scout troop goes camping... No, there's no hanky panky going on, or at least there's not supposed to be, um, because they're respecting each other, realizing that that's a venture, adventure uh, scout troop there, and everybody is is following the proper protocols. So I could see how naming is going to be important because we all have that psychology. Um, psychologists like to call it the schema. We all have this schema of what a boy scout is, what a girl scout is, and of course it gets it gets crazy when you try and flip schemas on people but bsa already has the venture scouts it's already been done before uh, just for a different age group i think in this case for family scouting for scouts ages 5 through 14 they would be smart to call it uh, something like family scouts or together scouts or something in which it's innocuous and it's helpful for everybody involved
2: what can we do? What are ways that we could advocate for having a weather merit badge? It seems kind of difficult to integrate it into the journey program like you discussed, but what can we do maybe to bring back the build your own badge? Or I don't know, I'm just trying to think of other things that we can maybe advocate for, both as citizens and members of the weather enterprise, and perhaps um, people who kind of cross over between being boy scouts girl scouts in the weather enterprise as well i'm sure there are plenty of those um, that cross over with that area so what are your thoughts what can we do to kind of advocate for the weather merit badge with the girl scouts
1: Sure. So after all this complaining, what's a actionable behavior for, yeah. for positive change? <laughs>
0: exactly. You nailed it.
1: I think number one is um, the, the the press release, if you will, regarding the Steam slash STEM Girl Scout badge came out in late July. So it was a little too, the news was too soon for us to do anything about it when we were uh, doing this. Uh, event in Austin, the Scout event in Austin. Um, But I think the best thing to do is contact your local council and say, and what I'll do is I'll email you gentlemen the the link to what I'm talking about, but contact the local council and say, listen, the National uh, Girl Scouts organization has released this press release. We noticed that um, they want girls to partner with the scientific communities. We are members of the scientific community and we'd like to help girls, we'd like to help guide girls into. The world of meteorology atmospheric science and even emergency management and so we notice that you have this this entity this connection but we don't know how we as uh, volunteers can provide uh, instructional you know time and instructional um, materials on the local level so please help us help you so it's tapping the local councils um with that said, it'll be interesting because my experience from city to city to city, for instance, Phoenix was fantastic. Uh, their council was on the ball. They were, they were uh, communicating with us, the um, organizational committee for the scout event almost every week like they were literally on the ball there were other committees or excuse me there were other councils where i had to pull teeth where i didn't i would call them every month every week of every month and i didn't hear back from them until literally a few weeks before the event um so with that said it's not going to be easy and it really depends on the on the council level but that's the beginning is to start a relationship with them and let them know what you are in the professional community and how you can be a resource
2: no, that's great excellent Is there other advice you would have for maybe students or young professionals like ourselves in helping you with the scouting event potentially in Phoenix next year or ways that we could get um, involved with the scouting event next year? How we could get information on that for people who are out there, um, maybe for volunteers, but also for instructors?
1: For helping with the AMS scout events, um, it has been incredibly great experience for those who are especially freshmen, sophomore, and they're just getting started on their own college journey of uh, being an atmospheric scientist and figuring out, okay, you're going to learn some crazy uh, equations in our science, in our field, oh, yeah. but you can't, you can't just spit out the quasi linear um, I was just about to say, quasi-linear convective system because that was still on my brain <laughs> from Saturday. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? You can't just spit out vorticity equations. You can't just spit out um, the hydrostatic equation because uh, the general population is going to be like, do what now?
2: Um, <laughs> yep. But sure.
1: you can explain that you know a cold front means that colder air is coming. it's the leading edge of colder air. so if you see that that funny line with the blue triangles on it and you notice it cross over your town, get ready it's going to get cold um, so something like that helps the general population understand and how to be a little bit more weather literate, um, especially mm-hmm. with understanding that thunderstorms severe thunderstorms are more than likely associated with cold fronts, so certain months of the year um here in the south even february march april may uh if you see that cold front come through pay attention especially if you hear your meteorologist say thunderstorms um so it's it's just a matter of if you are a sophomore freshman in college volunteering and helping with these events are just it's the 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 experience is just i'm trying to find the word and it's it's blanking on me um, Rewarding? it's tan uh, it's it's rewarding, it's tantamount it's tantamount for learning how to present information to a population that may not be familiar with your uh, with your topic and that's going to be helpful in your your junior and senior years because again your classmates and your professor may understand what you're saying but you need to be able to present it with an air of um, confidence in what you're saying so by practicing that with scouts who are 10. And the, the baseline for our scout event is 10 years old. Um, we we cut it off at 10 because we need the scouts to be able to have a, uh, an attention span, but also a baseline understanding of science. So we can't be babysitters of six-year-olds. We have to cut it off at 10.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but by being able to present these weather concepts to a ten through eighteen year old, that allows you to have that confidence to be able to turn around and present a really crazy presentation about atmospheric dynamics to your fellow colleagues and your professor.
0: Yeah, no, you hit on a great point that communication is key in our field, and being able to communicate to diverse audiences, whether it's you know younger uh, folks in their t- teens or uh, younger than that even. Or, you know, parents or the public or, you know, having a scientific discussion or, or presentation where you're talking to your peers or your uh, classmates or professors, you know, having that diverse ability to talk about weather is so important in anything that you do within our field. And this part of it will certainly help, you know, those freshmen, sophomores, or even folks who are older in undergraduate um, really hone in on those skills so that they can improve and be a better communicator of science and meteorology information
1: exactly i agree
0: cool you know and and do you watch this tv show parks and rec at all please tell me you oh can. i d-
1: um i i did not but people tell me i look like amy poehler all the time
0: <laughs> 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 i wasn't quite going there but now that you said it i totally i totally see it especially when i'm silly. Oh my gosh, that's I didn't I was not expecting that, but now that I hear that, yeah. It no, it better. It makes it, it better. even better. So there's a there's an episode and you know, you don't have to watch all the episodes to understand or if you watch this one episode, if you have like Netflix, I would totally mm-hmm. recommend you watch it. But in the TV show, the Amy Polar character, she's the uh, scout troop for um the city of Pawnee, and they have what they call the Pawnee goddesses, which is a Girl Scout equivalent. And her colleague has something called the Pawnee Rangers. And he's doing the Boy Scout equivalent. And, you know, it, throughout the episode, they're competing against each other, whether or not the Rangers are better than the goddesses and vice versa. And at one point, one of the uh, Rangers, said, he knocks on um, Amy Polar's character's door, Leslie Knope, and says, Hey, can I become a goddess? I'm not really having fun with the Rangers anymore. And so it's this really interesting thing where the goddesses are opening up and letting the boys join the goddesses, which is kind of what we're seeing in reality a little bit with the Boy Scouts opening up and inviting girls too. And so there's this weird parallel of watching that TV show and talking to you and Castle about all this. Um, Castle, you've, you've seen that episode, right?
2: I have yes. Okay,
0: yeah. So it, it's very interesting uh, th- that the writers somehow had some kind of weird foresight, where they kind of saw something going and and kind of picked on some of the ideas that we've been talking about all all episode. And you know, it's a comedy TV show, but somehow they were able to pick up on some of those things. So, I just thought that was really curious, and I'll, I'll link you guys all to that to that video and stuff too. But just a little fun fun fact thrown in there slash a tangent.
1: That really – no, that really is interesting because, again, before 2011, um, I do think that the Girl Scouts program was a lot better than what it is now um, when you are a um, – essentially when you go and purchase your – your brownie manual, your junior manual, and you see all of the badges that you can earn. And it doesn't matter which order you earn them. You just go and you do it. Um, but even with that program that it was back in 2011, the Girl Scouts were still leaning on the troop leaders and the troop leaders' uh, friends and family and uh, the parents of the troop to essentially provide the resources to the girls and quite frankly my mom's a scientist she's a chemical engineer and so when it came to scientific things she was able to find the resources for it um, but imagine if a mom isn't a chemical engineer what if she is the um, you know she's the household leader which means that she is a, she's a leader within the house and making sure that um, the home economics of the of the household are working smoothly and that's an important skill set. Um, making sure that uh, various things uh, within the house are running smoothly and that's an important uh, skill set. And I'm talking about is are your appliances working and um, are your cars working? But when it comes to the science world, if somebody is a is a homemaker, they may not have that background. And so they don't know what their resources are and who they should lean on. And the Girl Scouts, quite frankly, say, well, once you're a troop leader, you run everything. Um, whereas the Boy Scouts, yes, if you're a troop leader, uh, you are in charge of organizing if it's your den, if you're a Cub Scout or your troop, if it's a Boy Scout. Um, but because these requirements do require a boy to talk to a merit badge counselor, there's still th- that, that, that connection to the community, to a professional in that field, so that a scout can then learn um, not just the skills that they need in order to meet those requirements, but quite frankly, that's how a scout realizes that the American Meteorological Society is a thing.
0: Castle, did you have anything else you wanted to add?
2: I don't. I think this has been fantastic. Awesome. I certainly know that I know more about the Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts now, because I never did it. As a child, you didn't either. Man, no, did I
0: didn't. I, I really wish I did. Yeah. But, you know, now I'm starting to pick up on skills that maybe I should have learned a long time ago. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it probably took me a little bit longer to, to learn how to tie
2: my shoes, tie a knot, than I <laughs> probably would have <laughs> if I were in the Boy Scouts or things like that, you know? Oh, before you go, we should say where people can find you on the Internet.
1: I am on Facebook. I am Christina Edwards, WhT. I am on Twitter at christina whnt i'm also on instagram but honestly that's where i do my fitness tracker and whatnot so y'all don't want to follow me on on (laughs) on instagram (laughs) it's more of a fitstagram if you will
2: Mm, Ah, i like like it i like it
1: just because you know you can't put that stuff on facebook people would be like unfollow i don't care what you hate (laughs) unfollow
0: But if they follow you on Instagram and they know it's a fit, fit Instagram, is that what you called it?
1: Yeah. It, essentially, um, the past 21 days, I just did a challenge in which I had a workout every day okay. and it was a dif- it was a different workout per day. And so okay. I was like, all right, day 16 is in the book. Five more to go. So
0: <laughs> Gotcha. Well, hey, if they follow you on Instagram, and they know what they're getting themselves into. It could be a source of motivation for somebody.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things where whether... Um, Severe weather, you may be sitting in a chair for 12 hours, and indeed I was at work for 12 hours when we had our um, line of potential storms come in over the weekend.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so weather, we all love it, but we also know that it can be unkind to our bodies. Um, if you're storm chasing, you're eating stuff from a from a gasoline station. Yeah. Um, if you're storm tracking, whether you're at the WFO or you're at a uh, – you're at a news station or even if you're just at home you may be glued to the radar for about 12 hours. Uh, So the reality is that we we all need a mental break and we also need a physical break so I'm I'm trying to get back into fitness.
2: Hi my name is Becky and I am the co-host of In The Elements and here's a message to get you weather ready. The spring season is here, and we want to prepare you for spring weather threats, which include thunderstorms. When thunder roars, go indoors. Lightning strikes the United States about 25 million times a year. And although most lightning occurs in the summer, people can be struck during any month. Lightning kills an average of 47 people in the United States and hundreds more are severely injured annually. For more information, please visit the NOAA Weather Ready Nation website at weather.gov slash WRN.
0: so as always we like to do a song of the week (laughs) that was weird but we're just gonna go with that anyway um (laughs) as always we like to do our song of the week and when we have a guest we like to ask them what their song of the week is so christina what song or songs do you have for us today
1: um ironically i was singing free bird on my way home
2: (laughs) that's fine
1: but i actually have i have three songs that i associate with weather and um the first one is uh baker street by jerry rafferty band when i was seven years old not even seven i want to say maybe six uh my family and i would road trip from atlanta down to um gulf shores for our beach vacation and there was one time where we were driving through alabama And the DJ comes on the radio and he goes, all right, if you are in such and such county, be careful. There's a severe thunderstorm warning in effect. Some damaging winds are likely. Uh, Just take it easy out there. And then all of a sudden you hear the strains of (laughs) the saxophone.
2: (laughs) (laughs) The saxophone that is
1: Jerry Rafferty band comes on. And so what my brain did I was already watching the Weather Channel ad nauseum, and I was already familiar with the local on the eights and how they had. At the time, it was jazzy music mm-hmm. along with your radar loops. Yeah. So here mm-hmm. I am, like six, seven years old, and I, I am melding the Jerry Rafferty Band, Baker Street, with what my brain is thinking the radar looks like. So mm. I am recreating the local on of uh, the local on the eights in my head in the backseat of the family van on our way to the beach
2: that's funny <laughs> that's amazing
1: that's my favorite so if you wanted to pick a song of the week that would be it um but also there's ordinary world by duran duran um just the feel of that song kind of makes me think of a sad jury wedgie kind of day
0: <laughs> wedgie <laughs> love yep. wedges
1: and then um, the last one is Journey's Wheel in the Sky. It reminds me of Tropical Storm Fay of 2008.
0: Oh, wow. That's very specific. Wow. Yeah, it is very specific. Why Tropical Storm Faye?
1: <laughs> because I was working as an intern for the local rock station, Rock 100.5. And I was also interning at um, CBS 46, uh, the That's CBS cool. affiliate in Atlanta. And so Tropical Storm Fay was, quote, unquote, making landfall along the Florida Panhandle in Alabama. And when I say that, I mean faye sat there for like five days it was a wheel in the sky and it kept on turning
2: <laughs> that's amazing
1: <laughs> so I, I was a marching band um and i'm a huge band nerd i'm a huge musician nerd it's my second love behind meteorology but i always incorporate there's something about music and weather i incorporate the two so those are my big three songs
0: and they're all different ways that you incorporate them too, which I find is yeah. really cool and interesting. Mm-hmm. And it gives us a little bit of a sneak not a sneak peek, but a little bit of a peek that gets into your brain and how it functions. Because it's like, mm-hmm. you know, one song was, you know, driving down f- from Atlanta to Gulf Shores and hearing that when they did the severe weather alerts on the radio. And then another one was uh, just kind of a play on the fact that it was a, sp- a, you know, wheel in the sky. That's, I like that. I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. That's really interesting.
1: What's also fun about Wheel in the Sky is that um, he's got a lot of wintry imagery in his lyrics. So, winter is here again, oh lord. And then there's another line, I'm I'm driving through a sleet of rain. So, mm-hmm. it's weird.
0: Castle, do you think we need to change our, uh, our song, our theme song yeah. for our podcast now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we just might need to. Well, cool. Thanks for that. Um, Castle, what's your song of the week?
2: Uh, my song of the week this week is friends by marshmallow and good old Anne marie calendar <laughs> <laughs> let's clarify that her last name is uh, not calendar but that was a joke i made in a
0: podcast way way ago and castle didn't way, way quite ago. understand <laughs>
2: it did not went right over my right head over but head. she is just like she's just like adele she doesn't have a last name she's Anne marie anyway this song is about being just friends putting that one person that likes you a lot into the friend zone uh, it's, kind it's kind of harsh. It's kind of harsh at is. times. It's pretty harsh, but it is it's pretty amazing also to sing to. Not gonna lie. I mean, it's <laughs> it makes me it's just like it brings it brings with it a power that is just undeniable. A power of friend zoning somebody else. Yeah. No. 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 Just like <laughs> you it, said, you yeah. Feel like you feel powerful like while you're singing it, like you have the power to friends on someone, even though you might not do it yourself. Yeah. You're kind of in the moment. And you kind of feel yeah. it the the song is kind of lending you that power for three minutes and 22 seconds
0: <laughs> is that really how long it is or you just make that up
2: it is oh. i'm looking at it right boom now. there you
0: go yeah uh that, i don't know that song is, has mixed uh feelings from me because i know what it's like to be friend zoned and it's not great but also i know what it's like to friend zone other people and that process is also not great because it's like you know you don't want to do that to somebody but you do anyway it's a very complex yeah. uh, zone to be in if you will unless you're just friends to begin yeah. with and it stays that way then it's great
2: <laughs> yeah by me picking the song i'm not advocating for friend zoning anyone i'm just stating that it's a great song it's a great beat they <laughs> spell in it it's always a good song F-R-I-E-N-D-S, when they spell E-N-D-S, something
0: that's how it's something bleep bleep <laughs>
2: that's how you f spell friends. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but, yeah, so that's my song of the week. Go check it out. Again, it's Friends by marshmallow featuring Anne Marie. Um, it's fantastic on the Pop Rising playlist number six right now. <laughs> um, but, uh, men, what is your song of the week? I think uh, Christina kind of hinted at it a bit in her interview. I was like, oh, yeah, snap. no, she did. Rose color glasses. Yeah, oh, I, I laughed, but I was on mute so that she couldn't
0: hear it, but I laughed. Uh, so, my song of the week is by Paramore. It's called Rose Colored Boy and I hadn't heard it until my cousin showed me the music video. We watched it on YouTube and the music video is really cool because it's like a a, a TV news set, like a retro TV news set from maybe the 90s and um, Haley Williams, the main uh, vocalist for Paramore, she is an anchor and her two bandmates are also a sports guy and the weather guy for the morning TV news show and they're going through a lot of things there's a lot of trials and tribulations to be on the new show you know you want to have high ratings and you have to do this and that and the world of tv can be very interesting where you know you have to transform who you are and sometimes you lose sight of who you are just because you want to have the higher ratings and things like that and so the song is about you know when you're feeling a certain way whether it's you know happiness or sadness or frustration or disgust that's how you're going to feel you shouldn't have to hide it if you want to feel that way that's cool And also to not lose sight of what truly makes you happy and to go back to those ideas that, you know, maybe were ingrained with you when you're younger, like, Oh, uh, when I was a kid, I wanted to do this or that. And, you know, while those thoughts may not be relevant anymore, they're innocent thoughts that you knew at that time would make you happy. And so pursuing Mm -hmm. your happiness and what makes you happy is part of the message of the song. And that's something that I try to preach to others and myself, because sometimes they lose sight of what makes me truly happy. And, I think it's a great song to kind of remind you where you can be and where you want to go in terms of staying true to yourself.
2: So, that's my song of the week. <sighs> so deep and so well depicted. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> yeah. But that also that also tells us that great music can be found outside of the pop rising playlist. Because that was not on the pop rising playlist. So it yes, was not. So make true. sure you look if a, you look away from rising, Spotify. <laughs> yeah look away look away um <laughs> it's just too good if you sometimes. are if you are one of those people that stays on the pop rising playlist like venture off of it <laughs> go go look at, for something cool and new um yeah i'm one of those that needs to do that yeah uh but spotify picks some things picks songs for you based on what you listen to So, like pandora try out the Try out the playlist that it gives for you. It's not like uh, Spotify is a sponsor or anything. We're just we're just saying that it's nice. Potentially, maybe a sponsor in the future. Who knows? Call us, wink. Call us Spotify.
0: <laughs> they can't see you winking. So that's what you say. Wink, wink. That's how I said wink. <laughs> they can't see my air quotations right now either. Wink. <laughs>
2: So, in the past, we've had this uh, kind of initiative where we uh, try and focus on an organization um, and kind of donate money for them and kind of share the love. It's what we call share, the, share love. the love. And this weekend, I was actually visiting men down in Savannah. Um, you'll see more on that in the future. <laughs> we have a story that's very relevant to the topic of this podcast, including girls in STEM. So, men, do you want to kind of tell the story a bit? Not really. Boo, do it. (laughs)
0: Okay, so we stopped at a grocery store. um, And it's one of my favorites in town. It's called Lucky's Markets, based out of Boulder. Not a sponsor, but a cool grocery store anyway. And they have a really (laughs) cool program where if you bring your own bags, then they give you 10 cents off of your bill. They can either take the 10 cents off your bill and give you a dime, or they can give you a wooden token. And what that wooden token you can use it for is... At the front of the store when you're leaving, there are three different boxes with a little um, slot where you can put, drop the coin, the wooden coin into, and each slot has a different uh, cause or charity that you can donate to, your 10 cents to, by dropping that wooden token inside. And so you can read the descriptions of three all three causes or charities or organizations, and then you can make a decision as to who you want to support. So Castle and I found this one and we thought it was perfect and it was a great, great cause and organization. And it's called Girls on the Run of Coastal Georgia.
2: So, Girls on the Run of Coastal Georgia, it inspires girls to be healthy, joyful, and confident using a fun, experience-based curriculum which creatively, blah, 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 I can talk, <laughs> which creatively integrates running. Donations raised will go to support scholarships for after-school programming for girls third to fifth grade and 6th to 8th grade. Um, So this 10-week program is $175 per girl and includes all materials, supplies, snacks, t-shirts, and memories. So we thought this was like perfect um, for the episode that we were going to be recording today with Christina because it not only supports women and girls, but it's also including um, a STEM approach, which, which it's kind of a alternative to STEM integrating running, but I think it's pretty cool that they're kind of taking a more creative approach to including physical and kind of mental education into one.
0: So if you have a chance to, we will both be um, giving to this cause. And if you would like, feel free to give to the cause too. We'll link you on our website and also have some social media posts and information for you to uh, look into the girls on the run of coastal Georgia as well.
2: And if you ever see a Lucky's, make sure and bring your bag inside so that yep. you can donate and plop one of those wooden chips into one of the causes. Yep, yep,
0: yep, So unfortunately for you guys, this is the end of our podcast episode, but we had a lot of fun Boo. and we would love to provide you with more information. And as always, you can visit us at facebook.com weatherhype or
2: our website weatherhypepodcast.com. You can also find us on Twitter at weatherhype, both words, weather and hype, or you can send us a lovely email at weatherhype at gmail.com. If
0: you like what you're listening to, feel free to leave us a review on any of your podcast apps, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, etc.,
2: etc. We'd love to hear of your feedback about what we're doing. This is, sadly, the last episode of Weather Hype in National Weather Podcast wow, Month. Wow, you just almost, um, like, freaked me out. I was like, wait, <laughs> I didn't know this was the last episode of Weather Hype. <laughs> Bye, y'all. Surprise! <laughs> um, no, but it's the last episode in March, which is National Weather Podcast Month. But that doesn't mean you should stop listening to other podcasts. So head on over to weatherpodcastmonth.com in order to see the other schedule for the different podcasts. Um, and we will also be appearing in one of them at the end of March. So maybe that has yet to happen. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Thinking in the future. here. Yes.
0: Cause we are recording this in the last week of February. FYI. <laughs> yes. Uh, fun. Cause we're that good. Yeah. We're that good. We're, we're getting ahead of the game because we know March is going to be cray. So, you know, uh, but anyway, until, until next, time, next time, stay hyped. hyped. Looking into the future. He <laughs> can gaze into the future. That's so okay. person.
2: Low key. No person sure. with me my what the Rose colour the toy Okay so now yeah. we're stopping Oh we gotta do the oh, outro, yeah. outro. outro. Do the outro. Okay. <laughs> You wanna do it You
0: have to start, start it, it, sir Three, two, one